2: And that chapter of that book contains a narrative description of the primary tool in this work, which is the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 18 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system If you choose to tap on that, it will let you download the complete free and private app that contains the reality management worksheet, it contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, and it contains a copy of the Dragon and Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. We hope people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives. The more they actively apply these tools in their lives and secondarily because it tends to prompt comments questions answers and testimonials if you have any of those to share with us please do so give us a call at 563-999-3581 do that call that number and press one on your phone It'll put the little icon of a hand by your phone number. I'll turn on the microphone and announce you by your area code. And we appreciate when people do that because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. The intention we have with this work is to be a service. So if you would be so kind, let us know. Either call us directly or send an email. You can email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org. Or you can email Jeannie at J-E-A-N-I-E at org. That's W-H-Y-A-G-A-I-N dot O-R-G. And when you do that, we will do our best to address your comment or question or answer a testimonial, and then as time allows, send you an email letting you know what day and time we discussed it and you can go back in the archives and access it for yourself so today's a tuesday and i would be remiss if i did not mention that there is a support group available uh Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Central Time. It's available through Zoom. So anybody you know who has Internet access and would like to join us is more than welcome to do so. All of the information you would need to join us is available on the MindShiftersAcademy.org website. please remember there's a separate page for the login info for Tuesday and a separate page for Thursday. And we'd be happy to have you join us or have you forward that information along to somebody that you think might be of benefit or might benefit from joining us and let them know where to find the login information and let them know that it's absolutely free. And uh, we like to and these days there's such a community that people do some check-in that takes some time and then after about a half an hour, 45 minutes, we start either uh, a discussion right away or someone's starting to work on a worksheet or we start a um, an audio or a video of one of our favorite teachers that helps deepen our understanding of the work we're doing to try and take closer and closer to 100% responsibility for every emotional experience we create. And, um, and then we discuss it further and, or someone steps into doing a worksheet process. So, um, it's highly beneficial to engage in the community energy and to, um, to get input from others and or to just get the energetic emotional support as you're doing your own work. So, again, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Central Time tonight since it's a Tuesday and again on Thursday. And MindShiftersAcademy.org for all the information about how to join us. And if nobody puts a hand up, I will probably go back into the work that we were looking at from... I'll think of the name in a minute. A Walk in the Physical by Christian Sundberg, and um, I was looking at some of the essays and getting the, um, I was reading some of the essays, and yesterday we had quite a bit of uh I guess fifteen minutes or more of absolute silence in the beginning of the show as I was working to uh do the intro and then actually read um, more than one essay. But today, I was going to read essay number 48, titled Intent Versus Action. And this essay reads, From the divine perspective, what is important is not necessarily what we do, but why we do it. Our deepest intent is what matters. And our deepest intent is always totally unobscured and plainly obvious to the spirit. Now, as I read this the first time, what was screaming in my mind was, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And this is an age-old saying that, as it's been explained to me over the years and as I've grown into understanding it, it goes right along uh, hand-in-hand with um, actions speak louder than words, and if you pay attention to what I say when what I'm saying is different than what I'm doing, you're being silly, right? What you really want to do is focus on what am I doing? But that's at the physical level. That's at this level where we experience ourselves as separate individuals and as physical bodies and people have the the thought, the pattern, the belief, and the conclusion that their body is all they are. And in that case, that's what's most important. However, this essay and this entire work by Christian Sundberg is talking about opening ourselves to the possibility that there's a lot more going on here than what we know about or than what we can know with our conscious, logical mind. And so in the non-physical, to the divine, to the flow of life itself, our deepest intent is what matters. What we do is not as important as why we do it. And the essay goes on and says, and our deepest intent is always totally unobscured and plainly obvious to the spirit. In fact, every intent we've ever held and every action we've ever taken in our entire lives is clearly remembered by the whole, the whole of who we are, capital W-H-O-L-E by life itself, by our true nature, by our consciousness. The essay goes on and says, when our lives are reviewed after their completion, what is applauded is not necessarily what we did, but what is applauded is when we truly acted from selflessness and love. Genuine, unconditionally loving intent is the key. Not necessarily the actions themselves. Loving intent will lead to loving action. Intention causes action. Personally mobilized action cannot take place without intention. Now, in this case, as I'm reading this, this would be the same as Dr. Michael Rice's lectures where he's saying a human being doesn't do anything without a goal. That's the intention in this work. Personally mobilized action cannot take place without intention. Dr. Michael Rice in his lectures would say personally mobilized action cannot take place unless a person formulates a goal. Out of all the intentions, out of all the goodwill, all the ideas, maybe I'll do this and that, all these plans, when I elevate a specific thing to the level of behavior, then it goes from, in in Michael Rice's terminology, it goes from intention to goal. And this is what they're talking about here. We must have an intention to do a thing, before we actually take an action to do it. The essay goes on and says, when we pass, we will be fully aware of the full impact that we had on everyone we ever affected in our entire lives. That impact will include the many effects that our physical actions had on others, and furthermore, our impact... Far surpasses even the effects of our actions, our intent itself, our love itself, has a tone that rings out through creation. We are communicating with and nudging this reality and each other with who we really are every day. I'm going to read that again. We are communicating with. We are energetically connected. Our vibration is in communication with other vibrations. We are communicating with and nudging this reality and nudging each other with who we really are every day. And that is also a significant part of the impact we have while we are here. In that sense also, intention is action. Be brave, then, while you are here, not only to discern the many effects of your actions, but also the quality of our intent. For what you really are, the love or fear that you really carry has far more impact than you can see with your physical eyes. This is, you know, the idea that we really, you know, when we make sense of something, what we're talking about is formulating a belief or an understanding that is in alignment with the data we're getting from our five senses. But a book like this is trying to tune us into the fact that there's a lot more going on here than what our five senses can register. Neil deGrasse Tyson, this astrophysicist who's very popular at communicating about science, says the same kind of thing we've talked about for years now in this work there's a lot more going on here than what our five senses can register. And even our science understands that. This isn't woo-woo stuff. This is our eyes and ears can't hear or see x-rays or infrared or ultraviolet light or, you know, quantum particles. But they make up everything. And so there is the 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 verifiable experience that there's more going on here than what we can register with our senses there's another essay i wanted to read it's lesson or essay 143 titled the faultness of fear The essay reads, fear arises when we think we are lacking something that is actually intrinsic to our being. What might be intrinsic to our being? Things like power, freedom, and love. Fear arises when we think we are lacking something that is a part of who we are. It is intrinsic to our being, things like power, freedom, or love. Fear encourages us to think further that we are so lacking. And in fear, we tend to travel down the rabbit hole of further believing we're lacking of power, of freedom, of love. The underlying truth of our being is that we lack nothing. There's nothing of value that can be added unto us. There's nothing of value that can be taken away from us in this ultimate sense. And it's rare that I say that phrase, that there's nothing of value that can be taken away from us and nothing of value that can be added unto us. It's rare that I say that phrase these days without flashing back to one of our group sessions through Zoom a number of years ago, probably about close to four years ago now. And that lesson came up in the way of mastery. All events are neutral, et cetera, and nothing can be taken from you of any value and nothing can be added unto you of any value. And one of the people on the call was erupting with comments about how I know this is completely bogus because I just had somebody rip me off for $75,000, and how could you say no one can take anything from you? And, you're, and The spin was on, right? And at that moment, I was very glad that I had said, I had repeated this phrase, this teaching, the way I did, because I said nothing of value can be taken from you and nothing of value can be added unto you in this ultimate sense. Yeah, people can take your property and they can take your money and they can restrict your physical freedom at times and yet they can't restrict your mind. And they can't, even if they destroy the physical body, they don't damage, chip, dent, rust, fade or break in any way your true nature. That same understanding, that same dynamic is what's at play here in the essay, The Falseness of Fear. And I'm going to just read it again from the beginning. It says, fear arises when we think we are lacking something that is actually intrinsic to our being. Things like power, freedom, and love the thought pattern that gives rise to fear encourages us to think further that we are lacking these things. And in fear, we tend to travel down the rabbit hole of further believing that we're lacking power or freedom or love. But the underlying truth of our being is that we are whole and complete just as we are. We lack nothing. And in that sense, fear is a lie. Fear is a lie because separation itself, which gives rise to the apparent lack of freedom, power, or love that we experience with this image of separation, the separation itself is ultimately an illusion. The experience of separation is a real experience, but it is not fundamental It is transcended by something far more enduring, and that is consciousness, and that is your true nature, and that is your soul, or whatever you want to call it. The essay goes on and says, we know that we are, quote, buying into, close quotes, the illusion of separation whenever we are suffering. So, you cannot suffer unless you buy into the illusion that you're separate and separated from other people and things. When we act from fear or selfishness, ultimately we suffer. And when we act from our fear, others often end up suffering too. Our ego may play all sorts of games to try to justify and protect us, but we can't fool reality. When we are acting from fear or selfishness, painful experiences naturally result. This process is not an act of punishment by source, by God, by life. It is the natural result of choosing non-native separation over native unity and love. Love doesn't even require love in return, yet where we choose not to love, we do suffer. It is our choice. Now here they're using word the the word love as a verb. But you can amend it to be good regulatory speech with Dr. Michael Rice's work by saying when we choose to ignore the presence of love or our true nature is love, we suffer. Where we choose to identify, make it our conscious awareness that that is our true nature and extend that nature, we have joy, we have bliss, we have contentment and that choice of how to create our experience as being separate or being, you know, at one with our source or being separated from our source and not having access to love, that choice creates our experience. The essay goes on and says, Fear can be very convincing. However, you always have the power to choose how you will meet with fear. Do not be daunted by the scope or by the circumstances. Rather, simply choose how you will meet this moment allow your heart and your soul to guide you the circumstances are not of primary importance what is important is you your simple but powerful intention your state of being be willing and open and vulnerable and genuine and brave do so even when it is difficult Do so especially when it is difficult. And as you do so, allow yourself to remember whatever perception you are buying into that is giving rise to the fear, this perception is not greater than the truth. The deepest truth is never, ever one of fear. Fear is ultimately false. And the power of love, capital L, love, and life, capital L, life, the power of life and love within you, that is always true. So, that is a, that's an essay from the Christian Sundberg book, A Walk in the Physical, essay 143, which I like reading on a regular basis. I like practicing to undo the conditioning of fear, undo the conditioning of the thought process from my family, from the culture I live in, that gives validity to my fear. And I like to be reminded. I like to set reminders for myself. I like to remind myself that None of this stuff that I get bent out of shape over really matters unless I make it matter to me. I give the meaning that I experience in my life. I create it. I just had a session with somebody who's about 50 years old and he's been working in therapy now for four or five years and... In, in this therapy, with all of the stuff that we teach in the mind shifter support groups and on mind radio, he's been working with all of that. And he came in today and sat down and gave a review of um, a three or four day experience he had where every single thing that had to happen was met with resistance. Not by him, but just by the flow of life. There, you know, there's no reservation for this, and this person doesn't have that, and this, this part isn't available, and, and and there's no reservation at the hotel for that night, and, and then the plane doesn't work, and then the car has a problem, and then s- somebody is arguing about things that they shouldn't be arguing about it's like every step of the way. And he sat and talked about how differently he was able to approach this last four or five days After all of these years in therapy and being able to question what's really valuable, what's the truth, does it benefit me to get angry here, am I the one creating my anger, if so, how, etc. And he went through the entire stretch of these past four or five days and all of these disruptions to the flow at work and all of these people being angry and upset around him and he went through without Taking the bait, so to speak, he went through without raging at anybody. He went through without creating any panic attacks or anxiety attacks of his own because he's getting the message that fear is false, and fear is the the the, the fear we're talking about is the fear that I create from a process of thought. It's self-induced nonsense. The deepest truth is never, ever one of fear. Fear itself as a process of thought is ultimately false. What's true, what's ultimately true is the power of love and life within you, extending into life, into the flow of life, in, through, as, and around you. And I personally enjoy reminding myself of that and setting up reminders in my life of that. Area code 760, you're in the air.
3: Hi, Dr. Tim, this is Anne. Hello, Anne. Um, I'm glad I waited until you read this second I, would say. Um, I believe that's what happened yesterday, and it's like the gentleman you just spoke about, um, I'm starting to get it. Um, yesterday, I had to deal with Social Security, had it on my agenda to do, and I've been putting it off because um, I was supposed to get a letter. I'd gone in in person in our local one and turned in some papers that I hadn't turned in, should have turned in a while back, so I'd already accepted responsibility that when I found out, you know, things would be delayed and getting straightened out, well, part of it was my issue. So I'm good with that, but I hadn't gotten anything back in the two weeks they said it would happen. It's been three weeks. However, I'm not a fan. Um, I don't like to use the internet. I don't like a lot of it. I'm capable. I just don't like to spend my time doing it. The fears started to come up yesterday, like, oh, I'm not going to have, you know, it's just to be suspended. It's like now I'm down to $300 from $1,500. and Oh, my gosh. And then I realized, so I caught myself listening to this work enough and doing some of it, even though I haven't been doing it perfectly. It's like I've heard enough. And then I also have this little um, card that I wrote a quote on that says, from Earl Nightingale, says don't let the fear of the time it will take to do something stand in the way of doing it. And that's what my fear has been. And so here we go. I was going to call the main number for Social Security and had an hour left before that was going to be done. And right off the bat, so I got past that fear. Right off the bat, they had a delay. They said, hey, people are getting dropped, blah, 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 blah. It was a recording. I go, okay. And I stayed on. I go, all right. So I was already prepped to, okay, whatever happens, happens. And then it gets to the hour. So full hours gone by. Um, it's going to close out and I go, okay, in the past, this has happened. And I, wait, okay, just because it happened in the past, let's see what happens today. And I am grateful, again, that I waited because it was, like, five or ten minutes past the hour they would have, you know, let go. But they still took people. And this gal came on. Oh, my gosh. And she just was great, patient with me, explained things. And uh, I, anyway, so getting past that fear is just, again, more freedom and peace about when I just say, okay. Like false evidence, the real thing, and the the sin word that you used, self-induced nonsense um it it's fine, it worked out. so um you know i'll I'll just wait my time now, but I learned some things, so I will just have to adjust some of my um finances for a year because you know I get a little bit more I have to pay. Um, for your based on had some capital gains a year ago. So Everything is behind a year in their system. So had some capital gains that bumped my income up, and so then they base what you're getting on that. Anyway, um, but it's like uh, okay, all right. It it, it uh, I don't know. It, Isn't it, it
2: amazing that that's an actual said. option? Isn't it amazing that it's an actual option for you to say, okay, all right, rather than flying into a rage or an anxiety attack or, you know, in Lesson 3 of the Way of Mastery, it says, you know, don't rationalize your anger. It says, of course you'll have anger, but stop fooling yourself into thinking that it's valuable or useful for you. It's the same thing with fear. Of course, the fearful thoughts are going to come Mm up. They've been programmed in, you know, for many multiple generations to each and every one of us. And oftentimes that's been strengthened and reinforced through family interactions for years. So, of course, there will be fearful thoughts. But isn't it amazing that I can just say, okay, to the fearful thoughts or okay to the circumstances that i used to use as an excuse to generate all kinds of fearful thoughts it's amazing it's an option
3: so and the, and then it inspires you the more you practice it, it inspires Who? you to do
2: it <laughs> inspires me
3: it inspires me ah
2: There we go. What inspires you to do what?
3: To do the next thing without fear, like today. When
2: you step into saying okay or facing it directly, then you feel inspired to do that more often? Yes. Yes, so do I. (laughs) I have that same experience.
3: and and it's almost like okay well okay but you just said this it's going to come the thoughts come but it's what you do with it i either go down the rabbit hole or i say okay that's just a great word okay <laughs> <I like this. laughs>
2: yeah it's right it's here. it's the uh i forget where i ran across it but i I ran across it as um the God response or or life's response and I built a whole talk about it that I did at at least two different churches. And um, you know, that's that's a catchy title, right? The God response. Oh, everybody wants to come hear that. And then they're kinda of disappointed when the God response is okay. <laughs> <laughs> But it literally, just, right. it, it literally is just, you're right, it literally is just yeah. what life says to us, right? Life says, okay, and choose angry thoughts, okay. And it, life will then bring you more things to think you need to be angry about.
0: Right. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Anyway,
2: it's, it's, so it's essentially
0: so
2: God or light or love or whatever is essentially just what Michael Rice calls the law of resonance.
0: Yeah.
2: What what Abraham would call source. And when you're in alignment with source, you have mm-hmm. a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. And when you yes. are out of alignment with source, or you're choosing to view things differently than your source energy would view them, then you experience discomfort. Mm-hmm.
4: Absolutely.
2: So congratulations on choosing to say, okay, this is what's happening. This yes. is what's unfolding. How can I best deal with it?
3: Yes. Yes, yeah, so, and so now I, I, I actually, and then I just realized the end of that last night, I put the binder, because I just worked well with putting stuff in binders, I put the binder away in my little cupboard. And it's like, wow, okay, now I have the confidence that it's taken care of. I don't have to think about it anymore. I just thought of that just now, and I go, okay, that's the more benefit of the freedom, right? <laughs> so I don't have to leave that binder out, clear that off my plate. <laughs> wow, okay, awesome. Yep. Finding out more things, discovering. And then today, it's like being, and I'm finding myself, hearing myself asked to be shown um, which direction to go or or am I going to have enough time for this? And today I went with, no, I don't have enough time for this and do this first. And normally I would argue. (laughs) But so it has this ripple effect. I'm beginning to see that it has this ripple effect. Not that we haven't heard, I haven't heard the whole ripple effect thing before, but now it's starting to think in about doing more of asking to be shown. So, all right. Thank you so much. Blessings.
2: You're very welcome and deserving. I appreciate the call. Thank you. I'll mute you so you can listen to the rest of the show. Again, for anybody else listening, for comments or questions, our call-in number is 563-999-3581. Call that number and press 1, and we can have a conversation. How is this landing with you? We have a whole bunch of other essays we could read, we can talk about. And yet we've already talked about enough that could keep a conversation going for several hours. What is the idea? Right there at the end, as Anne was talking about asking to be shown, the thing that popped into my mind was so often when I engage that with people, I start talking about that as a process. The conscious, logical, mind, the Western mind anyway, has been trained to say, okay, when you ask a question, you, can, you, you have to go in search of the answer. You have to go demand the answer. And what we're talking about here is pretty much the opposite of that. We're talking about developing, I'll call it, a type of sensibility that is not the sensibility of the Western mind. It's more in line with what Rilke would call us to when Rilke says we must learn to live in the question. Live in an open questioning state that does not demand an answer. It understands that in the moment when we're able to formulate a good question that same mind could not comprehend the perfect answer to that question it just hasn't grown enough it hasn't expanded it hasn't experienced enough to be able to comprehend the answer even if it were given directly to it in the next moment so what's what are we left with we're left with the idea that it is extremely valuable to learn to live in an open questioning state. And in Rilke's words, if we can if we can learn to do that, then we might live along someday into an answer. We might have enough accumulated life experiences that are life experiences and fund of knowledge and ability to let in new material expands to the point where we might comprehend the answer as it reveals itself to us or as life reveals it to us. Area code 541.
5: Yes, Selinda here. Welcome. I'm really appreciating what you say. And by the way, I've never read Rilke. Do you know the name of that poem? I'd like to look it up and read it.
2: I will have to do a little background work on that. I believe it's from his letters um, to a young poet um, as part of... It might also be in some other works of his, but if you Googled... Rilke, R-I-L-K-E, and okay. you know, living in the question, it might it might get you there.
5: Perfect. Uh, I really appreciate uh, the essays you're reading this morning, and I certainly especially appreciate um, the conversation that you and Anne had um, many years ago. About thirty years ago, I was studying the educational kinesiology and and i went to one workshop and one of the handouts was a sheet on the brain development the levels of brain
2: development okay uh, that you, you faded one of the handouts and
5: then you faded what was on the develop brain development you know like there were levels of brain development on it and i remember at the time that they had finding the answer and above finding the answer was asking the question. And so this is all, you know, I'm beginning now to flush out um, my understanding of what are they talking about. <laughs> so I thank you. And I also appreciate um, my ability to use my conscious brain in a contemplative way to bring me to the threshold of where I have to let go and at this moment in time my intuitive feel is that that threshold is the the corpus callosum if you like between contemplation and meditation um seeking the answer and asking the question. Uh, And I I just really appreciate that. And I also appreciate Sunberg saying down the rabbit hole because, as you know, that's one of my favorite expressions, and Anne said it today. And I use that as a little uh, trigger or clue, if you like, of the oops, you're going down the rabbit hole to help me crawl out of it and start asking to be shown. So I just wanted to share that with you because um, I'm really feeling uh, heartful at the moment with today's show. So it's all helping me, and it's all helping each one of us, just like Sundberg said. We have no way of knowing the outcome, the ultimate outcome of the choices we make. So, we'd better make good ones, I guess,
2: yeah, and you know um when you look at it in terms of the law of resonance and everything being connected and things having uh, a very real nature that is not revealed through our senses through our five senses um then we can soften up a little bit and give up the idea that we've got to be able to parse everything down into these soundbite-type statements or beliefs And, um, and then just be more in the moment and go with the flow. And one of the things I was... You know, sometimes I struggle to to put this accurately in words, but when when we say, you know, I just ask to be shown, and this has come up several times in the support group when I say I'm in this situation and I just over and over again ask to be shown. I have people who've been in my individual therapy sessions and the support group who get all kinds of bent out of shape, saying, "I've done that and it doesn't work. I've done that and I don't get any answers." I've done that, and I just I I don't hear voices, and I don't have a I'm still confused about what to do next, and so the best response I have for that is to rely on direct observation, and direct observation lets me understand that every time I've been in a situation in the past that I survived, and of course I've survived everything so far, it worked out. And it works out often in ways that are better than I could have imagined. And so I just observe things have always worked out and I will just ask what's mine to do here, and then take any kind of an action or even sit in inaction and just know from my history this too will work out. Right, This too will pass. And I am not demanding an answer, as Rilke would say, and I am not running around in a fever trying to get things to change. I'm just putting myself more directly in the moment, willing to be an active participant of the flow of life and interaction with other beings of brilliance and light that I'm surrounded with. And I trust that as I remember to stay calm in my core and to refuse to buy into the fear and what it's going to tell me to understand that fear is always false, and that love, peace, contentment, bliss, that's the true, the, you know, the, the fundamental truth of life. The last line in this essay was, fear is ultimately false, and the power of capital L love and capital L life within you is true. So I just remind myself of that and I may not have any clue with my conscious logical mind how this is going to work out, but I trust that it's going to because it always has and I just take the next right action or whatever appears to me in that moment to be the next right action. And believe me, when I first started doing this, my conscious logical mind would kick up quite a fuss. And you know, because I, I was raised by a mechanical engineer and um I was raised in, in here in America in the Midwest, very practical, very results oriented. And um I was told, you know, the way to get through is to do what they tell you in school and fight for the good grades and go all the way through college, and then go into grad school and get the doctorate and prove your point and argue people down. And I, When I came across this work, I had a tremendous, just in this life alone without considering the car, cross-generational family patterns, I had a tremendous habit of trying to rely on the conscious logical mind and trying to think from the perspective of, I have to know what's right, and I have to be able to defend it and act on it. And it was quite quite the uh, process to slow that momentum and to turn that aircraft carrier around in my own thought pattern. It was quite a struggle within me to learn to say, I will just ask to be shown and then just understand that because things have always worked out in the past, they will work out in the future, even though I can't understand how. I can't think of how.
5: I so hope that makes some sense. Right. Beautiful. I laughed because I'm the same way. I Uh, with my mind, um, that you were talking about yourself. At at least it resonated for me deeply. Uh, Uh, There's a wonderful Tolstoy quote that I used to have on my refrigerator about 50 years ago, so I'm not sure I can find it. But it was something to the effect that I'm not going to have anybody tell me what I believe or I see as true I don't remember the quote. Um, and yet I know that when my my mind takes me to a certain point and there's no resolution, I have to let go. And that's kind of what I'm discovering with myself is that I'm softening around the edges and not needing things to be a certain way on my time schedule or somehow i'm less than and i'm unworthy and undeserving all of these good things that we have been programmed and programmed ourselves into ultimately we have done all the programming because we either downloaded them or not and so or agreed or agreed to them agreed to them right say right. they, they right might i mean be like right.
2: Well, or, you know, I mean, there are lots of people who get presented with a thought and they say, that's nonsense, I don't believe it. Right. So every one of our beliefs is one that we have bought into. Right. This is one of the things that makes it so tricky when Dr. Michael Rice tries to talk about, you know, how we have been, he says, um uh, he's trying to talk about the idea that we have been convinced that we are not creators. Right. And and the fact of the matter is we haven't been convinced. We bought into it because there there is a different level of life experience we can observe directly in the moment that would demonstrate how we are creators. So, you know, it isn't that this has been done to us. It's that, It's out there, it's an error in thought, it's in the culture and in our families, and we've bought into it. Good news is, we did it. We bought into it. Why is that good news? Because if I realize I bought into it, I can quit buying it. I can go back into observation and questioning and exploration and... But if it was done to me, if I'm really just a victim, I don't have any choice, somebody else controls my thoughts and my beliefs, that's the end of the discussion. There's nothing to right. be done. But the fact of the matter is, people could. somebody could walk up to you. This is one of my favorite ways to talk about it. People could walk up to you and say, what is the matter with you, Selinda? I mean, you uh, walk around here in that human suit pretending you're human. We all know you're an aardvark. <laughs> and if somebody walked up to you and told you that, would you feel insulted? Would you feel angry or scared or threatened? No, you would have a chuckle like you just did. Why? Because there's no part of you deeply held within your thought structure that's worried about whether or not You're a four-legged, hairy creature with a long tail and a long nose that has a long tongue that eats ants. In my better
5: moments, I know that.
2: (laughs) And so you wouldn't buy into it, and no one would ever be able to convince you of it. Right. So that's the good news. We have bought into it and we can buy something else we can we can observe something else we can stretch and grow and it hasn't been done to us we have participated in it and we've chosen to go along with you know what other people have said and we can choose differently so i thank you well, for the like call and and the comments i know we're down to our last 2 minutes here so i'm going to uh, mute you so you can listen into the second hour and take a moment yeah. to just remind remind us all that we are having a support group tonight Tuesday from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Central Time All the information for joining tonight is available at MindShiftersAcademy.org website I will remind us all that we come from love we're made of the stuff we call love we actually are love and everything else is false and I will turn on the microphone for and introduce welcome Jeannie Rice.
1: Thank you, Dr. Kim. I appreciate it.
2: You're very welcome and deserving. Have a wonderful show.
1: Thanks. So welcome everybody to the second hour of Mind Shifters Radio. And today is Tuesday, April the eleventh, twenty twenty three. And their call in number is five six three. and press 1 and that puts you in the queue to talk to us. We'd love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. And we'll give Michael a moment to dial in and uh, I'll just invite you to go to the website whyagain.org and you can click on the start here button and that takes you to where you'll find the instructions of how to navigate, it's actually a couple of videos of how to navigate both the website and the app help so you find things if you are uh, having trouble finding or locating something. And you can always drop me a line at genie, J-E-A-N-I-E at yagain.org, and let me know what you're trying to find and I can direct you to it. Start your button besides those two videos, which I you know, highly suggest that you watch if you have trouble navigating. Uh, the website or the app, but you'll find the perception uh, poster, there's chapter 24 of the book where Michael walks the character of the book through the forgiveness process, the PowerPoint presentation, there's the different reality management work sh- wake-up sheet, there's special MP3s, uh, radio shows, there's all the other commitments, posters, you can get all of those things from that one link. Another way you can get to it on the homepage, when you first go to whyagain.org, there are six big buttons right in the middle of the page. One of them is for the book. If you click that, uh, it will take you to where you can download the book in in nine different languages. All of those are not complete. We actually just heard from someone who had checked out the French version and said, there's only one chapter in, in French. Can I translate the rest of it? And it's like, absolutely, yes. Yeah. We also have... Um, someone translating in Mandarin, Chinese, and so, but that's where you can download the books. Uh, Then there's the next button over is MindShifters Radio. When you click on that, it will give you directions of how to tap into the radio show if you're not familiar with the different ways. It also shows you all of the archives over on the right-hand side of the page. They're divided by years, then by months, and then when you click open a month, it's by day. The third button over on the on the home screen says Wake Up Sheets, and if you click that, it will take you to just the page where all the different variations of Wake Up Sheets are. There's a quick link to print the current seven step, and also the short forms that Michael came up with here just a few months ago. The other three buttons on the home page, and these I'm talking about the big squares in the middle of the page. Um, it's the videos for streaming. There's the uh, the shop for purchasing the hard hard disk, DVDs, CDs, and books, and then there's all the other worksheets, the rest of the tools. So those are just quick links that will take you directly to where you can find some of the information. Like I said, if you will um, watch those two videos, it will navigate you through the whole thing. But you can uh, A couple other things that people try to find uh, right off the top is under schedule, and there you'll find both uh, the information for the Global Book Club for the monthly Mind Shifters to Point Breathing or um, another link for the instructions to navigate the website map. There's the Codependent Self-Study. There's a free three-hour why this happening to me again. And once we solidify what's going to happen at Heartland, you'll also be able to find that there. So those are just some of the uh, top topics and uh, I am going to check with Michael and see if uh, he's having technical difficulties. So hold just one moment. Okay, he will be with us here just directly. And uh, so I will keep talking until he gets signed in. But uh, um, we are here five days a week to answer questions or to help you navigate or to help, um, you know, if there's something you disagree with even. You know, we'd love to hear it and hear your viewpoint and discuss it, and we can agree to disagree. So anyway, uh, we'd love to hear from you. So press 1. I'm looking real quick while I'm waiting on Michael to call to see if we've gotten any questions in. Uh, Let's see. It doesn't look, the stats that I've received from both Apple and Google looks like people are really using the app, which I'm, I'm really glad to see that and to see the stats going up on it. Uh, there's several people who have joined their mailing list recently. If if you go to flyagain.org um, and you can scroll all the way down to the bottom and there is a link that says um, join their mailing list. And if you click that, then you can put in, you know, your email, your name, phone number. And that puts you on their mailing list so that as we do newsletters, that you will automatically get them. And we don't do them that often. Uh, If you've missed any of the newsletters, you can actually, under multimedia, there is a link that says news and newsletters. And you can click that. And we've been doing the newsletters since May of 2016 uh, electronically. Before that, they did them by paper. That was before before me. But um, if you've missed any of the newsletters, you can go back and click the links and pick up those newsletters and, and look at them again. And like I said, we don't do it that often. We've sent three out this year, and here we are in April. You know, usually once a month is what I aim for, but we don't always hit do that. So if you want to be on their mailing list and get their newsletters and stay up to date on what's happening, then be sure that you are on it. And if you've not received their newsletter, that's a good way of knowing that, hey, probably you're not on it. So click on that link and give us your information. And Michael's with us now. So welcome, Michael.
4: Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. Yes, and the next uh, issue of the newsletter is going to be about becoming your own primary health care provider. <laughs> And if you look at some of the latest statistics in the country, uh, they're talking about somewhere between 250 and 500,000 people a year dying from treatment in America. That's a lot of people. And you never hear anything about it, but do the research, and there it is admitted right up front. And what that says to me is that, and this has been a long-held belief of mine, that it just becomes more and more, important, I think, is that we need to understand what's going on with our physiology on a level where we need to know for ourselves when and what treatment is needed and what isn't. And so in order to do that, you've got to ultimately have enough knowledge to be your own primary, and it doesn't mean your own healthcare provider. You know, if you need support for certain things, you know, get it for sure. Make sure that you know that you're getting what you really need, and often, and many many people don't understand that there's a big difference between treatment and healing. They're two totally, completely different fields. Healing doesn't kill people. Treatment often does. So that's what our next newsletter will be about. And I apologize for being running late. I uh, came up here just 20 minutes ago to put my hand in the Avison and take a few minutes before the show started. I've been out working in the garden, kind of running at it and getting it done, and uh, I just zogged out, went to sleep, didn't even hear the alarm. So my apology, and glad to be here. Glad you're here. Delighted to be part of a conversation that creates this record of... Um, information in particular about first-century Aramaic forgiveness, and tying that in with, of course, A Course in Miracles and a whole series of understandings about what it is that uh, this human organism, this human being that we are, this awesome life that we've been given, It's interesting to hear so many people who whine and cry and complain and, my God, you've got a human life. What what are you complaining about? If one has no idea that the burdens carried in the mind are removable and that the truth of who we are as human beings is love, if you've been tricked by a culture into thinking love has got something to do with sexual athletics or it's got something to do with putting your head on a chopping block and sacrificing yourself for others, then you bought into some lies. And by and large, when you realize, I mean, you know, just sit in front of a television set for an hour. Spend mo- no more than three minutes on any channel. Just slip from channel to channel to channel, three minutes at a time. And have a piece of paper in front of you. And every time you hear a word that's related to hostility, fear, grief, rage, pain, drama, and trauma, put a check mark on the page. Every time you hear a word that truly represents human life as love and living as that, put a check mark on the page. You can see how heavily weighted the brainwash is toward hostility and fear. I was talking yesterday about the, uh, the point where they shifted over from analog to digital broadcasting. And, you know, I mean, we think of television as it's a private sort of thing. And, you know, it's a private business. Everybody does their thing, whether they want it or not. But back then when they made that switch, because many televisions didn't have the ability to decode a digital signal. And the government stepped up to the plate and bought people converters so they could stay hooked on the TV. And when you think about that, that's pretty bizarre. And you look at the brainwashing that's done by that television set, by the media in general, it's pretty amazing. So what we're looking to do is to provide people the tools with which to understand when and if they've been brainwashed and how to undo that brainwash primarily through the idea of forgiveness, which is the idea of removal, to remove from your structure those energetic patterns that never belonged in a human structure. And there are two directions that you come to that from. One is a la first-century Aramaic forgiveness, the removal of what never belonged from your structure. Fear, rage, guilt, grief, pain, drama, trauma, what have you. Victimhood, whining, complaining. And that's one direction. And I'm realizing more and more, especially as I observe, we've talked several times about the and the Avacyn operation, I'm realizing that There's mental, emotional forgiveness that creates physiological changes, but if one has been locked into physiological changes via the brainwash of the culture, hostility and fear, that the lockdown of physiology that occurs at the chronic state of fight, flight, freeze, fear, fawning the chronic state of that creates a chronic physical condition on the level of energy where we think of physical. creates a congestive type of thing that requires a different kind of forgiveness. And that is something that can open the pathways that have been chronically shut down through sympathetic dominance, through that fight, flight, fear, freeze, fawning mode, that the other end of the spectrum has to occur, thing has to happen to vitalize and move through the physiological congestion of those chronic conditions in order to complete the process. If people simply do it from the physical, the mind doesn't change. If people simply do it from the mental, the physical doesn't go through the changes that it needs to to uh, do the whole job. It literally takes coming from both directions. It's really important to do both. And, of course, there are many ways that you can get the kind of energy moving on a physical level that opens circulation sufficiently that if it's been chronically restricted and therefore congested, you know, you can spend, you know, 40 minutes, a nice hot bath or a sauna. You you go to the Norwegian countries, and the sauna is the key, and there's some pretty powerful health benefits there. You can get some of those benefits by sitting in a hot bath or doing a, a sauna, especially an infrared sauna. You can go out and run a couple of miles and get the same physiological impact. You increase the temperature of the blood, tends to open them and clean up microcirculation. Unfortunately, you know, running two or three miles, seeing a hot bath, a sauna or a hot tub, very messy. And you're certainly not going to do it three, four, or five times a day if you're physiological condition is one of chronic shutdown compliance factor is very low with that sort of thing and there's where the absence comes in the compliance factor is easy it's actually quite enjoyable and I have my hand in it right now I every day when I do the show you might hear there's a slight uh motor sound running in the background Every day when I do the show, that's where my hand is. And I'm being medically treated with a device that, you know, over the years of working with it now, it's been about two and a half years, I've never had any kind of medical treatment that people say, I love the side effects of my medical treatment. I've never known of anyone to do so because most medical treatment involves toxicity. Involves poisons. Involves creating diseases via treatment. That's why somewhere between two hundred fifty and 500,000 deaths a year in America happen as a result of treatment. Admitted deaths. Now, how many are not admitted? How many are not put down in the death certificate that way? I don't know. But it's more than we want to think about. And so when the, the, the power of the avison is that where there has been chronic shutdown in order to protect, in order to be in that fear, fright, flight, which is called sympathetic dominance mode, the Avicen versus that on a physiological level and someone who's been chronically, you know, the person who's in fear, in hostility and or stre- under stress, And it's gone on, you know, in many cases, you know, the the state of sympathetic dominance occurred in utero as the child in utero heard mom and dad raging, fighting, and went through it as a child and came up and had all the habits and passed it on. To overcome that is a major, major piece of work. And for years we've been providing the... Mental emotional tools, a la first century Aramaic Yeshua, especially with that monumental forgiveness tool. But the thing that's needed is the physical aspect of forgiveness. I'm realizing more and more, I've watched people do the mental emotional work and make a certain amount of progress. I've watched people do the physical aspect and make a certain amount of progress. But if one or the other is ignored, if one or the other isn't taken care of, then the job Never gets done. So that's what's on my mind today. I'm, uh, as I say that, the new newsletter will be about becoming your own primary healthcare provider, that you educate yourself sufficiently to know what you need and uh, where to best get it, and be supported in getting it in a way that uh, really truly keeps moving on a healing path. Treatment path is not necessarily the healthiest option. As witnessed by the two hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand a year that die of treatment. So Miss Jeannie Do we have anybody in the phone queue with a hand up? Anything happening in the chat room?
1: It is all quiet on the home front.
0: All is quiet on the western front.
1: Yeah. Someone press one. You're first in line without waiting. I mean, we'd love to start a conversation that you want to hear, that you want to talk about.
4: If you're on one of those stations where we can't see you or call a number, is five six three nine 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 three five eight one. If you're on the show and we haven't heard your voice in a while, let us hear your voice. Push one. Say hello. Tell us what's happening. Where are you at with your process? What's what's the work looking like for you in terms of the tool of forgiveness or responsibility communication or the codependence tool or any of the other tools that you're using.
1: We have the book club day after tomorrow, and we have Mind Shift, yes. which is coming Saturday.
4: And uh, the book club will be at 3.30 now. They've changed times the same as we are, so 3.30 on Thursday afternoon, if you want to join us, you can go to events on our website on org and the Hear My Voice Global Book Club. We're going to go into chapter one in the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again, and do more of an in-depth conversation. We've gone through the book once, but we did basically three chapters per uh, session that we did, and then we've done several worksheets with people. And so we're going to take a little different approach and do a chapter-by-chapter chapter breaking down the, uh, the ideas from Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And, of course, you can download the book free uh, from our website if you go to whyagain.org. There's a picture of, uh, of the book in blue and red. And if you click on that picture, you can drill down and download a free copy of the book in one of several languages. And or, you know, we can't sell you a book because it's out of print, but uh, there are enough of them still out there from 30 years ago when we wrote the book and we're marketing it since it's gone out of print. There are enough out there that there are always some available on eBay or on Amazon used copies. So the book's always available. And as I say, you can download it for free, so... Grab a copy and join us for the book club on Thursday, the second and fourth Thursday of the month at 3.30 in the afternoon, which the European time, or at least uh, London, England, where the book club is centered, it's 8.30 in the evening there. And there are people from all over the world that uh, that join us for that, so you would certainly be welcome to come and join us. And, of course, we have the world's only forgiveness app. You can download it free from your app store if you go to whichever type of phone you have and type in the words Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. If you go to that app store, you'll see a picture of a heart and Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And you can work with the worksheet process right there in the app. You can have questions from the app. King's just done an awesome job of developing that. If you go to our YouTube channel, and you can do that by going to our website, whyagain.org, and of course you can spend months on the website and not find every corner. There's over 20,000 pages on the website. And covering just all kinds of topics from every direction. If you look over on the right-hand side, you'll see the social media links, and if you click on the YouTube link, that'll take you to our YouTube channel, or you can just go to YouTube and type in Michael Rice, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-Y-C-E, and you'll be looking at, I don't know, 100 or so videos. I'd love for you to watch them. Join the YouTube channel, the YouTube videos. That helps us to develop with the fact that we're not on the road anymore. Uh, uh, We're working to monetize the... YouTube channel so that uh, it creates some cash flow that uh, replaces what uh, what dropped off when we stopped traveling. And the fact that uh, with COVID, Heartland's been closed for the last three years. It's kind
0: of
4: put a hole in cash flow. So that's one way you can support us and assist us. And of course, you can pass those video links on to others. You can pass radio shows. The archives are well over 4,000 hours in radio shows from the last 12 years. And so there are lots of ways to access the material. We're doing the best we can to make it available to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. A couple new translations of the book are underway. So that's what's happening in our world. How about yours? Talk to us. Push one, let's have a conversation. Catch us up on your world, what your process is like, or what questions you have about first-century Aramaic forgiveness and the corollary tools. Nobody's talking today.
1: Apparently. (laughs) Hmm. A hand just went up. It's Miss Belinda, oh. 541. You're on the air.
5: Hello.
4: Welcome, young lady.
5: Well, if you keep saying that are you? Enough, I will be getting younger, won't I? <laughs> Go
4: for it. I'm yes, good. ma'am. That's By the good. way, you're on my list to call. I was going to call you after the show today. If you're going to be around, I'll be making a quick call to you.
5: Sounds good. Well, so anyway, what's on your mind today? Um, I'm really excited that you're writing that article about self-directed um, healing. And I'm looking forward to it. I've felt that for a really long time. But at the same time, and at the same time, mm-hmm. I noticed that this disengaging process is truly a process. Because I come and I think, oh, now I've got, I've, I've done this, and life says, oh no, you've just done a piece of it. <laughs> so onward and upward.
4: <laughs> For sure, it is a long-term process. I was talking to someone yesterday, and uh, they were saying, you know, well, at least it was one who was perfect, and <laughs> they go back to Yeshua. And and it's interesting how people can ignore what the man said in order to buy into the beliefs about the man, because he specifically said when they said called him perfect, they said, what? Well, why do you call me perfect? None of us is. And, and this person was just as I said that, like I just repeated what the man said and they were like, oh, no, 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 that can't that can't be. Well, I'll go read his words. Don't take my word for it. That's what he said oh no he was per- well you can believe what you've been told but in order to believe what you've been told you have to deny what the man said isn't that an interesting mm-hmm. state of mind <laughs> so
5: exactly and uh, and and that's one of the things i'm very grateful for that i got a a perspective that I finally understood when I decided to take Jesus off the cross and um it was that I was reading his words because that's where I would gravitate to the new testament mostly and his words specifically that's why I liked the bibles that had his words in red and <clears throat> I realized one day when I was started having an inkling about co-creation, that he co-created his crucifixion. I mean, he had things to learn from my perspective. Just, just reading how he responded to things and how he reacted to things uh, within his short life ministry, and I went, oh. I didn't have, at that time, the understanding, because I was still coming out of evangelical Christianity, I didn't have the understanding about his choosing that in a previous life. And at the same time, because I was exploring Ekankar, which is kind of a um, hybrid between Hinduism and Western thinking, um I was beginning to explore the possibility of other lives. It just, you know, it's it's been a long journey to realize, oh, we do co-create create this, and we don't co-create it alone. We co-create it with others who choose to co-create and share this reality with me, and that's my present understanding at the moment. And now I say, you know what? When the stone was rolled away and Jesus wasn't there, according to the story, it was all about resurrection. (laughs) It wasn't about crucifixion. And uh, so that's where my understanding is at the present moment. And hopefully I am working both the physical and the emotional and the mental to where my physical... um, disorders or disorderliness can come into harmony and in alignment with the rest of my being and align back to North Star. I like to think of North Star and sailing. Yeah. So I'm just ambling here but I, you know me I love images. <laughs>
4: and metaphors. Sweet. Well, any specific... Just, Go ahead, Jean.
1: I just looked up another verse when you quoted uh, why call, You know, why do you call me good? There's no one good except God alone. He also said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these. Mm-hmm. So, you know... He was in
0: no way he was on opening the, the space.
4: Yep. Exactly. More like an elder brother than a perfect master that everybody wants that will take care of their lives for them we'll fix it for them he's asked people to step up to the plates and you know that one favorite passage of mine where the disciples are asking well what do we need to do to make god happy in essence that's what they're they're asking him and and he tells them and half of the disciples leave saying too hard to say it's like "Mm, i don't want to do that work i don't want to face what's in me i don't want to deal with that i want Mm -hmm. you the magic man to fix it for me So he's inviting people into doing their inner work. And it's not a popular thing because, you know, if you start thinking about what's gone on in the generations, there's some pretty heavy-duty stuff to be worked through. So that's what we're here to support is the working through of that.
5: And, Michael, I wonder, because I'm having a lot of um, experience of, my arm shaking, my left arm or even my whole body if I get anxious in some way that I'm not aware of or when I feel like I have to show up a certain way or when I want to stand up and speak my truth. That happens a lot. <clears throat> I notice I can Sounds like social. you've got a
4: nice warning signal that you've noticed that tells you when you've got a piece of work to do.
5: Right, right. And I'm just asking you, is that a way that I um, – can that also be a way of life helping me release? So rather than seeing it as, oh, my God, I'm getting Parkinson" or, oh, my God, I have this tremors, um, allowing it and seeing if it isn't a siphoning off of some of those traumatic energies that you're talking about another way
4: you know i think one of the things we need to be doing we've been trained through our culture in so much fear and so something shows up that we would call a symptom and people start going into the fear game and fear shuts down blood flow, shuts down the ability to thrive, shuts down higher brain function, and people tend to become stuck in those cycles. And I think that especially we need to discipline ourselves on a mental level so that every time we face something that could take us down the spiral of a fear condition, oh, look at this terrible thing that's happening, instead recognizing that mind energy is cause. You know, the opening words in the book of John don't say in the beginning was the word, and the word became They say in the beginning was the mind energy. And the mind energy literally becomes the chemistry in our physiology. And so if every time something happens, something uh, that appears to be untoward happens, we go into a fear-based mind energy, we're literally setting chemistry into physiology that is destructive. And we need to reverse that habit and start to discipline ourselves to tap into and always be ready to upgrade our mind energy. Always be ready to be conscious creators, directing the creation in a way other than the culture has directed us. You know, the uh, the if if you look at commerce and the way that commerce works, it's all about how do we get people to move away from what would be natural to them, like grow their own food and go into commerce, make money and pay for food. How do we get people to stop taking care of themselves physiologically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually and put them into commercial business, spending money, having to earn money, spend money to support the commercial system? And so my take is that We need to discipline our minds, and every time that a fear thought shows up, one, the habit becomes applying forgiveness, and two, the habit becomes upgrading that thought to something constructive, to a conscious creative process that moves us up the ladder rather than down the ladder, because aging is not natural. Aging has become normal, but it's not natural. And we age ourselves when we engage in energetic patterns based in hostility and fear. Does that make sense?
5: Totally. And brings me to another point. One of the things, um, I remember my word awfulizing that I used, and I don't think you'd yes. heard it. And said, what? What is that? It's like angrifying. I don't know where it comes from. But awfulizing is where my mind is programmed to go to right away. So my challenge yes. now, what I'm working with, is catching myself the first in the as soon as possible when I'm off, right. I'm going for forgiving. Things. Then, yeah, right. And I'm saying, choose again. That's uh, what I really loved about the way of mastery is those magic words. You can choose again, you know. Yes, and change the mind energy. I, um, yeah, and the other thing I just noticed just this morning or the past couple of days, a couple of memories have come up. And very often I can feel on some subtle level, I can feel, I remember, actually remember what it felt like to have right. that emotion. I remember when I was in New Mexico, I was, uh, there was a period of time where I was so enraged at the way people, people, they, <laughs> uh, were destroying the earth. And I remember there was a time, and this is when the school shootings were beginning, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
5: I remember, I can understand, I can understand someone going in and doing that because I want to run down our road with a submachine gun. You know, that was the feeling, that was the intensity of the rage. And I just, mm-hmm. I had to, to sit with it and acknowledge it and say, and come to a place, and I'm still growing in that area of saying, they don't understand. They don't get it.
4: So my offering is that you have never been enraged about anything.
5: Right, that I created. There's that,
4: just rage or- in there.
0: Right. There's
4: rage and in hate. And we can put that rage into our brain's image of anything and say, I'm enraged about this or that or the next thing. But nobody's ever been enraged about everything, anything. They've only been right. enraged. They hold rage and refuse right. to be responsible for it. And so... The, the end result of rage turned inward is awfulizing, I think, you know, using that word. And where you want to discipline yourself to go is into healing,
0: right, where you're
4: empowered to do the steps to change the creative process in your life, move out of the brainwash of the culture and into a continuous upgrading of your creative process by a continuous upgrading of your thoughts
5: and that And that's sweet, because now that remembering is this little ancient, faint echo in that of, about that situation process, because yes, and now a couple of things with my first mother-in-law bubbled up, and and I realized, okay, you have a choice right here, and right now, do you want to keep holding that thought? Or do you want to let it go? Exactly. And, and realize that oh, she didn't get it. She doesn't understand. With things, you know, not the poor thing a pity, but the 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 way you would treat a little tiny child, or like Louise Hay would say, you you take that parent or that person and you imagine them three to five years old and you put them in their heart with your three to five-year-old person?
0: hmm
4: Makes a difference. So... For sure.
5: There's so many ways for us to do our forgiveness process. But well, it's there's actually only bad.
4: one way to do... No, there's only one way to do forgiveness. There are other processes that can be helpful... But there's one way to do forgiveness, and that is that if you're in pain perception, your pain perception is being driven by a goal, and the forgiveness process specifically is canceling that goal and allowing that perceptual construct to be collapsed in on itself to expose the underbelly and bring healing to it. You know, we, we let's say we could use a, a metaphor of transportation. Well, you can take an airplane, you can take a car, you can ride a bicycle. But right. to call all of those things driving in a car would be inaccurate. To call all of the things you can do toward healing to be forgiveness is a misnomer there is a specific, here's how forgiveness is done. There's a specific mode of transportation. If I'm driving a car, then I'm, dri- I'm not flying in an airplane, I'm not riding a bicycle, I'm not walking, I'm not wearing my new running shoes and running, I'm driving in a car. And forgiveness, my take, the reason I bring this up is because forgiveness has been so misrepresented and misunderstood in the culture that people uh, you know, reduce it to some nebulous. Well, something happened, so I did forgiveness. And, and it really isn't forgiveness that they've done. So.
5: Right. So at some point, regardless of the tool I use, I come face-to-face face with myself and my choices and say, I don't like how where this goal is taking right. me. Maybe I need to find another goal.
0: Right. Can't and get rid of this I one. Am I
5: going to do that or not? Am I going to choose something different or not? Touch yes. The crux.
4: Definitely important. Important distinction.
5: Yep. And thank you for always clarifying. Uh, because I realize that each one of us use languaging and very often we're saying the same words and speaking a different language, but just as we equally often, we may be speaking the same language, but using the different words and not understanding each other also.
4: Right, right. For sure. Well, I'm with you, young lady. Any other thoughts for you today?
5: No, I think I'm complete for the moment. I'm still exploring. And I really like the, the um, energy processes that use activity like qigong or yoga or any of those right. dance um, when it's done with intention or healing or for opening the system to a greater energy flow. Um, Very powerful. That. Yeah. And so that's another tool. It's uh, it's really yes. like, it's like the absinthe or sauna or baths or anything like their exercise. It's like, use what works. It's the great smorgasbord, Michael and Jeannie. We have a wonderful exactly. smorgasbord in front of us. We don't have to eat at all or any particular dish.
4: Correct. Correct. I'm with you. Sweet. All right, young lady. Well, you have a blessed day, and I'll call you uh, right after the show is complete.
5: Okay, sounds good. Thank you.
4: All right. Blessings. Bye bye.
0: Blessings. Bye
4: bye. All right, Messini. Right, anything on your mind, or anybody else in the phone queue with a hand up? Anything happening in the chat room?
1: Uh, We did have a hand go up and I believe that it is our friend Michael 770. You're on the air.
4: Hi folks. How are you? Hey, welcome. You've been on my mind today. How do you be?
6: I'm doing very well. Thank you. Y'all been on my mind for some weeks. Glad to hear your voices and hello to Jeannie.
1: Hi there. And thank you for the card.
6: Oh yes, most welcome and deserving, and yes, good to uh, good to hear you. Don't get a chance to call in as much as I'd like to, but I'm listening as much as possible. So awesome! It's always a nice. What's presence. on your mind for today, sir? Just calling to say hi and let you know I am still around, still using the Alvison.
4: What's your experience? Well. How are you experiencing that with having just started it?:
6: It is calming for me for surgeon.:
0: mm-hmm.
4: One of the things that I think happens one of the things I think happens with it is that some of the emotional work that we've done, but the structure hasn't cleared it physiologically allows the physiology to, to make that progress and so on a physiological level we gain what we had gained in doing the mental emotional spiritual work but the physiology hadn't caught up we we gained from the physiology catching up with the healing work that we've done it's like so it has it's to happen from both ends of the spectrum
6: mm-hmm. say again is basically boosting, giving a boost then to the healing work, as I think exactly. I mentioned if, before.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's completing what was started. It's it's like I'm what I'm seeing, what I'm understanding. This is kind of a, a very recent insight for me, is that I've watched people do their mental, emotional, spiritual work, but they don't do anything to crank up the energy on a physiological level. And, you know, there are several ways that you can get, how to say this, one, to heat the the core body temperature, and get blood moving through the system where if, especially if someone's been in sympathetic dominance, it's become stagnant and therefore encrusted. So again, somebody can go out and run for three miles three times a day, they can do a sauna They can three times a day, they can do a, a hot bath three times a day, or, or sit in a hot tub, uh, which most people aren't likely to do. And if, if they're getting the physiological action that the avicen gives, then they're, the work they've done mentally, emotionally, spiritually is completed physiologically. But if people aren't doing that, then something, it's like physiology has difficulty catching up on its own, unless it has a concentrated way of processing through the stagnant energies that have been chronic and therefore locked into tissue, have become literally encrusted in tissue. That something extraordinary has to happen physiologically for that to move, and that the Avacyn is the easiest, most comfortable way I know to um, give that level of support and that aspect of what needs to move, move to get it moving.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: I I like that, and I'm feeling, you know, real good, and I am using the machine... Approximately 45 minutes before bed, and an hour, hour and 10 minutes in the morning. Perfect. It's it's really, and I find it so relaxing. It's really really neat, and of course I'm I'm listening to something during those times. Sometimes this guy named Michael Rice, and 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 others, and it's uh, making making great use of the time and letting
4: body heal well they've talked about from the avacyns perspective that they've the current technology now earlier technology didn't last as long that but that when you get a full treatment moving the benefits keep moving in the structure for about eight hours and so if you're doing last thing at night, and then you've got through the night, your physiology's continuing that process, then first thing in the morning to kick off the day, that's, that's a perfect way to do it.
6: Wow, that is exciting news. Didn't, didn't catch that yes. part before. That's really good. Yeah. I, I'm I'm hoping this noise isn't, isn't too much. I am driving, and that's why you're I've got on your to end. speak with you right now. I'm sorry?
4: No, you're you're fine. We can hear a slight noise fine. in the background once in a while, but it's no interference whatsoever. You're loud and clear.
6: Okay, great, great, um, wonderful. We could connect today. So that, that is really great news. The opposite, and I'll keep uh, keep on schedule. Hardly hardly miss a session. Just
0: awesome. really committed to making, awesome.
6: making the time for it
4: the other you know a, a thought comes to mind i'm not sure we had this conversation but you know that there are two different ways to start the machine right one if you just hit the power button and you do a okay. treatment and it it shuts off but there's another way to start the machine so it goes into standby mode were you aware of that
6: no tell me about that one please
4: ah okay so the other way to start it, like for instance in the morning, we, we turn ours off at night, but in the morning we turn our machine on, it's on all day. So if either one of us can get just 10 minutes, it takes about 10 minutes to get the whole, uh, volume of blood through the body warmed up by that one degree and have the impact that it has. So, but if you have to wait four or five minutes for it to warm up, you know, you, then you're not as likely to use it. But if you've just got 10 minutes, so in the morning, when we start a machine you hit the right center button you know on the right-hand side there are the five buttons there's one in the center you push and hold that center button then you push the power button holding them both down and let them both go at the same time now when you do a treatment the machine will go into standby mode rather than shut off Oh, okay. And then when you come I back, see. the pad's warm. It takes three or four to penny, cents worth of electricity to run it for a day, and so. But the machine's always there, so if you've got just ten minutes, you put pop your hand in it, start it, and go. You don't have to wait for it to warm up.
6: Awesome. Good. Good to know. Cool. Good to know. All right, sir. So, well, anything else not exciting not really in your world? No, lots of lots of planting, lots of keeping busy and springs, you know, is here But we're doing like lots that. of
4: prep for planting. We're we're not as far ahead with temperature as you are way down there in Texas. So we've got another yeah. few weeks before our final frost, so we haven't uh completed any or much planting process. We're actually working on blueberries you know out at the uh, the dad's farm. He had some really nice blueberry bushes so this past week we dug them up. There was nobody there taking care of them and we dug them up and brought them back and we're actually transplanting them today. We've been creating a mix of to create some acidic soil for them and uh, so that's part of our plan for this afternoon is getting the blueberry bushes in and then We've got about four weeks before our final, you know, possible frost date or average frost date, so we're getting everything ready, expanding compost piles and been working on that this morning. So
6: you you look at in that area about the first uh, part of May before you're putting anything in the ground?
4: Yes. Well before anything yeah. is sensitive to a freeze. Yeah. It's
6: sensitive, yeah. 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 That's good. We're in zone
4: 5B or 6B. You're probably in something uh, like zone 8 down there, are you?
6: You know, I'm not even sure. I want to say 7, but I, that's just off the top of my head. I, uh, I've seen the chart, but I'm not recalling.
4: Yeah. What's yeah. Oh, real neat awesome.
6: about the blueberry bushes is that you can uh, transfer those and
4: Berries Looking forward to wonderful. lots of blueberries this year. Yep. Yeah,
6: that's a wonderful deal. Well, we all right, really sir. Well, you have a blessed day. Thank you. You all, too. Glad to connect.
4: All right. Take care. Blessings. Bye-bye.
6: Thank you. Blessings. Bye.
4: Well, Miss Jeannie, we're down to about five minutes. So we've got time for one more quick call. And call in numbers five if you're on one of those stations where we can't see you. Call in numbers five six three nine 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 three five eight one. If you call that number, you'll be listening to the show directly on your phone. And then if you push one, raise a hand in the control panel, and we can have a conversation. So push one, let's talk. What's on your mind? How do you be? Any thoughts moving for you, Jeannie? Anything to share?
1: No, uh, it's just you know been so busy and trying to get things settled um, after Dad's passing, and just being able to breathe through it and and uh, take it day at a time, try to stay centered. And I've used the Avison a lot in the last few weeks.
4: I was I was just about to say that it's been nice to watch you. And with all the stress that's been going on, that you've been taking deeper and more care of yourself. And it's awesome. And, you know, taking intermissions where you previously would go, 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 that you're stopping and you just say, I'm going to lay down and I'm going to put my hand in there and I'm going to rest and take care of me. So it's it's awesome that you're doing more and more of that.
1: And, you know, perhaps there's some work I need to do on it because it's, not a conscious thought that I'm going to take care of me. It's that like I have zero energy and it's no desire to do anything. <laughs> it's-
4: well, honey, you've been handling so many things with your dad's passing before he passed. You've been handling so many things. The baby, I mean, it's been not our baby for any listeners, but our granddaughter. <laughs> We keep trying to have another (laughs) one, but it hasn't worked yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We had a hand just go up. Let's change the subject here. (laughs)
0: Let's go for it. (laughs) Area (laughs) Area code 916,
1: you're on the air.
3: I just wanted to say thank you, Dr. Rice, for all that you're doing to help so many people and that uh, you're bringing this technology forward and also helping people to heal. The emotional component is such a, a key piece to, to healing. I just wanted to say thank you.
4: Oh, well, thank you for saying thank you. I appreciate it. Sending blessings. All right. Thank you. All right. Blessings. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Well, Miss Genie, I think we're down to about the closeout hour. If anybody's uh, wanting to do Heartland, we're, we're still on the cusp of whether or not we're going to open Heartland this summer. And so if you're interested in doing something uh, residential with us uh, in the Ozarks in southern Missouri, then drop Jeannie a note, J-E-A-N-I-E, at dot org. And uh, if you drop her a note, make sure you put your phone number in there and what you're interested in. We're looking at the possibility of doing a 16-day food fund forgiveness and work program, which involves, it's kind of an economy program for Getting the property upgraded and ready for a season and includes some awesome food, time to learn about real honest-to-God food in the kitchen. And preparation, and forgiveness, and work, real-time work projects. So we get to cover it all. And we're looking at perhaps doing a nine-day. Why is this happening to me again? And or perhaps a teacher training. So if you're interested in any of that, let us know. That will help us to make the decision as we move forward. Now that we're we're clear of all of the uh, stressors that have been going on in these last few weeks, then we'll be getting our minds toward. What we can do in that regard. So let us know what your desires are. And in the meantime, have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. The world certainly needs it, and you have the power to give it. Blessings. Thank you. Bye bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice, and Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet as we present the First Century Aramaic Internal Process of Forgiveness. We are here for two hours every Monday through Friday from 12 noon to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Mindshifters Radio. For more information on Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.yagain.org. That's www. Why Dot org.